All right, how's everybody doing? Take two. So good to see you all. Thank you, Jesus. You guys are excited. I can sense some anticipation in the air and what God's doing. So today we are finishing up our week four of Miracles Happen. And uh, I hope you've been enjoying this series. I hope you've been getting excited for what God is doing in your life. We are getting weekly testimonies of miracles that are happening in your life, emotionally, physically, um, supernaturally, even in court. Some people's court decisions have been changed because of the miracle power of God, and so we're just so excited, and, and today's I'm really excited about, I'm going to be talking to you about the miracle of provision, and I have to be really honest with you, when I put this series together about miracles, it was at the first of the year, and I was thinking of our year, we're declaring this year to be the year of miracles, 2020, and I had no idea that this week would fall prior to the week that we're receiving our big offering. And I thought, boy, God's amazing, isn't he, that he wants to ignite our faith and get us excited for what he's doing. And what's so awesome about our church, and I'm so thankful, is that you are a giving church. This church, I'm telling you, people are givers. You're faithful to God, and you're always great to bless our guest speakers that come in. And so as I share today, I just want to ignite your faith. I want you to get excited for what God is doing, amen, because Faith Builders has been called to change this city for Jesus Christ. We've been called an assignment by God to reach this lost and dying world with hope, love, and salvation, amen, and I'm so blessed that you get to be a part of this journey that we're on, and so every week we've been talking about a different miracle, so jump online, listen to the teachings, they're like 35 minutes long so that you're able to catch up and kind of be a part of this miracle process, amen. Amen. So today is the miracle of provision. How many know we serve a miracle working God? And he already has your needs met in the spiritual realm. And God wants to ignite our faith for that miracle to manifest in our life. And many of you are in different financial places here this morning. And some of you are maybe, we have lots of single moms. Give it up for the single moms in our church. Ever so often, pastors say, we'll just bless our single moms. I'm like, can I come up? Because I'm, I'm a spiritual single mom, you know. <laughs> but it's so awesome because our single moms work so hard and one income and they're raising their babies and they're being faithful in the house of God. And, and then we've got other people who maybe financially you're doing well and maybe hit some level of success, but yet you find yourself struggling financially. How many know sometimes when you make more money, we're apt to spend more money, right, which just gives us bigger bills and some of us are on a smaller bill level. But I want to ignite your faith today that no matter where you're at, I want to encourage you that God is the God of provision in your life. That wherever there's lack and wherever there's a need, God wants to open up the blessings over your life and bless your life. Amen. So I want to share some scriptures this morning and countless examples in the Bible that talks about stories where they didn't have enough to meet their need. Do you know that didn't just start in 2020? That needs have struggled since the beginning of time. And God has showed out every time in his faithfulness to people who did not have enough. And we serve the same miracle God today. Amen. The Bible says that God owns a cattle on a a thousand hills. 
I heard that one rancher that owns like one ranch of cattle is really rich. You know, our God owns all the cattle on the hill. There is no lack in God. There is no limitation with God. I really believe, and as I was putting this message together, God wants to break that lack in our life. God wants to break that, break that mentality of poverty where we're, we're just struggling. God wants a financial breakthrough in your personal life, amen? And not just financially, but emotionally and spiritually in every area of your life. I believe the God of overflow is coming to your house this year, amen? Sometimes I need more than just money. Sometimes I just need depression broken off my life. I may just need my child to get off the streets and come back serving God, amen. You may just need your marriage restored. I don't know what provision you need today, but we serve a God who wants to give that to you, amen. And if you find in the word of God as we study today, in every story of need, there was always a miracle of provision. That's my number one point today. In every story of need, there is a miracle of provision. Amen. In the Old Testament, I can think of one, or excuse me, the New Testament, I could think of one where Jesus was ministering to the people all day long. And uh, what happened to the 5,000 people? They got hungry. Everybody say hungry. They got hungry. What was that? That was a, a need. There was a need of the people. And we serve a God who wants to provide for the need at hand. But sometimes that provision requires a supernatural miracle to happen, right? And we serve a miracle working God, amen? And so what happened? They said, well, Jesus, they're hungry. And Jesus said, well, you take care of them. And they found a boy with two fish and a loaves of bread, right? They found a boy. What did that boy, that boy didn't have enough, did he? But he gave what he had. And what did Jesus do with that little that didn't seem like a lot? Jesus took the little as it was given, and he made it big and provided for everyone. See, I want you to see as you're giving to the house of God financially, as you're serving or in other areas of your life, as you are giving out, and it may seem so little, God says, I'm going to take your little, and I'm going to do a lot with it. I'm going to take what you can give, and I'm going to bless this city. I'm going to take what you can give, and I'm going to restore marriages in this city. I'm going to deliver people from drug addiction and alcohol addiction. Amen. God wants to take what's little in your life and put his supernatural provision of miracles on it. Amen. And Pastor Paul mentioned something earlier that sometimes we come and, and we give. And we just I'm even guilty of that. Oh, I'll put my offering in or my tithe in today. And I don't connect my faith to the miracle working power of God. That God is limitless in what he can provide into your life, amen. And as we give into this church in whatever capacity the Holy Spirit speaks to you, I want you to connect your faith and say, God, I'm going to give my little and I want you to bless because I'm obeying you. And so, God, what did Jesus do? The disciples said, there's not enough. We've got just this little bit. It can't take care of everybody. And what did Jesus do? He said, give it back to me. And Jesus blessed it, and he began to tear it and give it away, tear it and give it away. And that little bit fed 5,000 people to the full. See, God will take a little, but he'll bless it with a lot, amen. Not only that, the Bible records that in that miracle, 12 baskets of food were left over. Can you imagine? God is a God of abundance, amen. And I believe that God allowed every disciple to take a basket home, one for all 12 of them, as a sign. You didn't believe me, but I want you to believe me now, amen. God wants to show himself out in your life, amen. Where there's a need, there's a miracle of provision. Don't raise your hands, but how many have a need today? 
We all do. We all have a need. This church has a need, and it's planned by God, amen? And so because of that, we're putting our faith out there. God is the God of multiplication, amen? If you look in the Old Testament, and I've taught this story a few weeks back, but Elijah came and told the widow, what do you have in your cabinet? I'm hungry. And what did she say? I only have a little jar of oil, and that's it. I just have a little. And God says, if you'll give me the little, I'll bless you with a lot. And that woman stepped out by faith, and she went and got all the jars of the city. And when did the miracle take place? When she got the jars? No, the miracle took place when she took the oil and she poured it out. See, God requires our step of faith. He requires us to pour out because you're saying, God, I trust you as I'm pouring out. And as you're giving, God says, I'm providing for you. See, God can come and give a supernatural provision, and he does. Sometimes God meets the need really big, but sometimes God says, I'm going to exercise your faith. I want you to trust me with this little, very little, and I'm going to show you what a great big God that I am. We have to understand today our security cannot be in the world system. Our security cannot be in our jobs and our employer that stamps their name on our check. Our security has to be in God who is the provider of our life. Amen. Because anything can be swiped away in the natural, but my God will never leave the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging for bread. Amen. God will promote me in a time where there's no promotion. God will give me favor in a time where nobody else is being favored. When you're pouring out, you can stand back and expect the provision of God. Amen. You may feel like you have very little to give. God says, just trust me. Trust me that I'm a supernatural God in your life. You can study scripture after scripture, story after story. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness for a long time, and they got hungry. And what did God do? He said, I'm going to, this is what the scripture says, I'm going to rain bread from heaven. Now, that's an amazing miracle. We get excited in Arizona when it rains. Like, i never seen social media blow up because it rains in Arizona. Like, I'm from the Midwest, and it's all about the snow. But that's exciting. But listen, this was a supernatural provision that rained from heaven. Everything in the Old Testament is the outward expression of the New Testament, the inward working of God. So what happened in the outward of the eternal reign of provision, God says spiritually, I'm going to give you an eternal reign of provision in your life. I don't know where it's going to rain from. I don't know how the blessing is going to come. I don't know where the breakthrough is going to happen. But I know God is my provider. And I know that he wants to bless me abundantly. Amen. If he did it for them, he can do it for us. Amen. If he rained manna from heaven then, he can rain his provision here right now. Elijah found him in a, in himself in a place where he was... See, just pronounced uh, famine to Ahab, and then God says, get out of country because Ahab's going to seek to destroy you. And he sent him to a brook, and there was this brook flowing, and the Bible says that ravens fed him meat by day. That was a supernatural provision. I don't know. I don't want to be fed by a raven, but I guess if I'm really hungry, I'll take it. <laughs> but again, it's a spiritual thing. The blessings of God can chase you down. God knows where to find you. What I'm doing as your pastor, I'm provoking your spirit to believe God. I'm like jump-starting your faith to say, hey, I'm going to believe God for the God of miracles, the God of provision in my life, amen. Emotionally, spiritually, physically, in whatever way, God wants to be a blessing in your life. Do you know that God even provided for Jonah, who is rebellious and going against his will? 
That's how much God loves us. He's like, okay, Jonah, you're out of the will of God. I'm going to provide a big old well to suck you up and spit you out where you're supposed to be. See, even in our mistakes, even when we fall short, which I'll talk about a little bit, God is still there to provide a miracle for you, amen? And you have to have that heart of expectation. Let's look this morning at Philippians 4.19, and it says this, and my God, everybody say, my God, my God, God will what? Provide all your needs. God wants to meet the needs of your life. He wants to meet those things that you need the breakthrough in. God is the one that meets the needs, amen? I decided to look up that word needs, what it actually meant in the, it would have been the Greek of it, and it means this, it means to make full. God says, I desire to make full your life. No, God says, I will meet what I will make full your life. I will fill you up. I will give liberally to you. It also means I will cause you to abound. How many would like those kind of blessings in your life? Amen. God's already provided it for you. He already has the blessing for you. He already has it stored up, and all he's waiting for you is to exercise your faith so that he can release the spiritual provision that you need in your life. Keep going. My God will meet all my needs. Let's put myself in there. I'm going to be greedy for Jesus this year. God, you're going to meet all my needs, right? You're going to meet the places where I have lack. You're going to meet the places where I don't see you in. I'm believing God to show up in my life. Amen? According to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Man, we serve an amazing God, and yet we put our limits on God because we can't see him moving in our behalf. We can't see. We see him through our insecurities and our fears. We, we see him through the things that we don't like about ourselves, and God wants you to see that he is a great, big God, the creator of the universe who has unlimited power and authority over your life. Amen? The Bible says in James 1.17 that Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. Every gift that you need, every breakthrough that you need, every deliverance that you need comes down from the Father God. What we need to do is quit looking at our lack, quit looking at what we want God to do, and start shouting how big he is and how great that he is. Amen. Start declaring the good things of God to come down in Jesus' name. Now I want to clarify, and I have this in my notes later, but I want to just turn off that, that lie of the enemy that may be in our ear. I'm not talking about a prosperity message. I'm not talking about you give $100 and there's going to be a BMW in your parking lot as you walk out the door, right? I'm not talking about that old prosperity message that some of the church, churches in the past have abused and it looks bad. I'm talking about building the kingdom of God, not about building mansions, not about driving Mercedes. Now, if your life is successful and that happens, praise God. I mean, I want a pearl white SUV Lexus, camel color leather with a sunroof, right? But I don't need that. That's something maybe down the road, but that doesn't matter to me. What matters is changing lives for Jesus. And that's what I love about this generation of young preachers. They're giving millions away at their churches. We had a church here in the valley gave $2.5 million away to other churches in the city. That's what the kingdom's about. It's not about building up treasures for ourselves. It's about reaching the gospel around the world for the revival of Jesus Christ. Amen? 
So I just want to put to death because it's, I'm not here about money today. I'm here about doing something significant for the kingdom of God. Amen. Being a part of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Every good gift. But what I want you to see here in Philippians 4.19, if you look at that verse again, it says, God will meet all your what? Your needs. He didn't say your wants. And that's where we struggle. We misinterpret our expectation of what we think God should do for us. Maybe you have an expectation that you want this big dream and have your dream boards. I mean, dream big. I'm not one of those. I'm not trying to put out your dreams. But I'm talking about the provision of God is not to have these demonstrative things. It's to meet the needs of your life. Not the things that you want. And we have to understand that because if I'm believing God for this, let's say, example, I'm living in a $90,000 house, right? And I'm like, man, I want this $2.5 million. God wants to give it to me. God has a cattle on a thousand hills. And that's awesome, right? But maybe God wants to give me a $150,000 house that I can handle. But we think God bypassed us because, wait a minute, I don't want the $150 house. I want the $1.2 million house. God says, no, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what you can handle. I'm going to give you the blessings that you have right now, and we can be thankful for God for this blessing, knowing that maybe next year I'll be able to get the next blessings of God. Amen. God says, I'm going to give you what you want, need, not what you want. And sometimes that's frustrating. And then what happens is that we don't see God do this magic potion like he's a genie in a bottle, right? We think God let us down. We think God didn't provide. Well, I have my faith out here. And God's like, well, I didn't ask you to get it out here. I asked you to put it here, right? I asked you to put it here. Not what you want, what you need. Now, God wants to give us the desires of our hearts. But I'm talking about these faith moments, God really wants to give you what you need in your life. Example, um, many of you have children and you, you need clothes for your kids. Parents say amen. They like outgrow the size six the next morning they wake up, right? They outgrow their shoes and I need clothes for my kids and that's true. But what happened is, well, I want my kids to have the Nike Air Jordans, whatever, deluxe package. I don't even know. I got to have Gucci, Jesus, because you, you own a cattle on a thousand hills. And God says, no, that's what you want. But I'm going to give you what you need. You know, there's no shame in shopping at places that you need to shop at right now. Maybe one day you want to shop at Fashion Square. But right now, thank you for providing my needs to give my kids some shoes. Thank you for putting food on the table, Jesus, when I didn't know where food was going to come from. Amen? Don't be ashamed. Shop at TJ Maxx with pride. Shop at Savers and get excited. There are some finds at Savers, just so you know. There are designer clothes at Savers. I have found them. Or Goodwill. Isn't there, Denise? There are so many finds. Don't be ashamed. Yeah, maybe we want to be able to do this, but God says, I'm going to give you what you need. Some of us, you know, I need, I need rest, man. I've been working so hard. I need to kick my feet back, and many of you deserve that. But you want to go on a five-star hotel resort to Hawaii. And God's like, I know that's what you want, but right now you're going to pick your feet up, sit in the backyard, Drink some Coca-Cola and get some vitamin D from Arizona. I want this, but God's like, but this is what you need right now. I don't want you to get this bill. I don't want you to get that credit card. I don't want you to extend yourself. You're going to lose your joy. It may destroy your marriage. This is what you need. Be thankful for what you have right now. Amen. Give me what I need, Jesus. Some of us like, you know, I need a new home. We talked about that. I need a new home, but we're not willing to just settle. You know, we want the granite countertops. I need the rain shower head. That's the will of God. 
I need a Chip and Joanne Gaines kind of house, Jesus. Right? Two cars, a boat, whatever. No. No. If life gets to a place where you can do that, awesome. But that's not where God's not showing provision for you. And that's what I want to show you the difference. We can use our work ethics. We can lose, use our job skills. We can lose um, entrepreneurial opportunities to create wealth. All those are wonderful. But that's not the provision I'm talking about. God will provide you with what you need. Amen. Three, excuse me, three principles of God's miraculous provision. Really quick. Number one, when God guides, he always provides. He always provides. God has taken care of Faith Builders Church in the greatest crunch of 2008 when churches were closing their door every day for two or three years. But guess what? God's hand is on this church. We've never skipped a beat because of God's provision. Where he guides, he provides. Amen. When you're in the will of God, the provision will be there. Isaiah 58, 11 says this. The Lord will guide you always. Thank you, Jesus. He will satisfy your what? Needs in a sun-scorched land. God is saying, maybe the economy's bad, but I'm going to bless your need anyway. Maybe nobody else is prospering at your job, but I'm going to cause you to be blessed. Why? Because you know I am the supplier of your provisions. Amen. When everything else around you is barren, God of the universe, amen, will give you the blessing of a provision in your life. When what? When you're being led by him. That's why it's so important in our financial decisions we stop and talk to the Holy Spirit. Listen, we don't need everything we buy. And all it does is get us in this rat race of disappointment and trying to catch up in our life. And we never feel like we could get there. And then when we do want to do something for the kingdom, we're so strapped. And the enemy has our hands tied, right? And we can't do what we really want to do for the kingdom because we're not making the best financial decisions. And again, God can intervene all that. And I might get there in one of my stories here in a minute. But the scripture says, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your need in a sun-scorched land. Thank you, Jesus. God doesn't always provide for all your dreams. doesn't always provide for your big ambitions. He wants them for you. But the Bible says he provides your needs according to his will, his plan, and his purpose. Amen. His will, his plan, and his purpose. I've shared this story with you before, but my friends that made it really wealthy in real estate... They ended up buying this million-dollar mansion in way out west, Mesa. And I watched the two of them. They ran one way. One went this way. One went that way. And I remember walking through their home in awe. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I had this house. It was so gorgeous. But I remember looking at their couch, overlooking their endless pool. And I thought to myself, when was the last time the two of them, husband and wife, just sat on that couch and were able to spend time together and enjoy what they built this empire for? And you know what happened? They ended up losing everything and got divorced and went separate ways. See, we think this is, oh, I just need to aspire. No. Happiness comes through Jesus. Happiness comes from fulfillment from the cross. Amen. If you're in a, a little two-bedroom apartment and you're married and you have Jesus, thank you, God, that I have a roof over my head. Thank you, Jesus, that I have joy and I love my husband. I love my wife. I'm able to pay my cell phone bill. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 
Thank the Lord where he's at. He's providing for your life, but because we're looking here, we can't see the provision of God really. You know, all, all of us probably are making house payments and we're making car payments and we're probably playing, paying from vacation six years ago on that credit card, right? And we're having a difficult time. And in that moment, you, may wonder, you can't recognize the blessings of God because so much is going out. But maybe God met your need, but you spent it on your wants. And I say that as your pastor because that clarity has to be there. God has not let you down. Listen, I am an extravagant uh, spender. I love to buy gifts for people. I love to go shopping. I love all of that. But I can't ask God to bless the areas that I'm overspending when he's blessing me. And I'm not being responsible with what he has given to me. And now I'm like, well, God, why aren't you blessing me? You're not blessing me. And God's like, wait a minute. You spent more than you should have spent in your life. Let me give you this example, and this goes back to the story of Jonah, how God is right there to pick us up even in our mistakes. But in my young life, like I said, I thought money grew on trees. You know, my dad always took care of my mom, so it always, we never had lack in the sense that I understood. And so I'm just like, ka-ching, ka-ching, like, hey, this is fun. I'm like, woohoo! I'm spending all kinds of money. I'm like, I got my first job. I'm like buying clothes. You know, I'm having a heyday until I wake up one day and all the credit cards I got are maxed out. Because I've been living life, you know, to the fullest at 17 or 18, whatever. But I remember overwhelmed because here I've got this debt that is, um, I can't see a way out of it. And in the natural, there was no way out of it. And that's how we live in America, unfortunately, isn't it? We have so much excess. And I really wanted to be a blessing to my church. I, I didn't want this stress on my back anymore. And the Lord told me this. He said, get, get your life, get your money in order. Because God blesses order. We can't live in this chaotic life financially and, well, God, give me a ticket out of jail, you know, because you bless me. No, there are mistakes that we have to find our way back and use wisdom from. And then in the middle of it, God releases. He loves us so much. He'll rescue us. But God wants us to be disciplined, doesn't he? He doesn't want us to be frivolous because that puts stress on our marriage, on our family, on our place of worship, in every area of our life. And so I said, okay, Lord. So I had to face it. And I got all my bills on paper. And I wept. Like, I was so overwhelmed. I met with a, an accountant. He was a friend of mine. So it was, I was, felt safe. And I just cried. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. But I said, but God, through you, you're going to provide a way. And the Lord told me, he gave me this instruction. He said, for one year, you're not to spend a dime, but your living expenses and your tithe. One year. And listen, I love to bless people. I couldn't bless people. I couldn't buy a bottle of fingernail polish. Now, could I? Absolutely. I could have taken that paycheck and go get what I want. But I knew God wanted to get me to a place to meet my need. I knew he wanted to take care of the stress on my life. I knew I wanted to get this monkey off of my back. So I obeyed God. I did. I couldn't buy birthday gifts. I told people, listen, I'm, you're, I can't buy birthday gifts for you this year. Anniversary gifts, I can't do. There's just things I know I have to get in order, amen. I'm Jonah on the boat, and God is sending a whale to swallow me up. And I don't like the belly of the whale right now. Right? There's things that God will organize in our life that we don't like the discomfort of it. But if you want to walk in the blessings where you're seeing the true provision of God, we've got to get things in order, amen. We've got to face that monster. And so anyway, I did. And it was awful. And I took my credit card bills and I marked a big red X and I had them, had them hanging on my, my mirror. And I wrote, paid in full. It wasn't. I wrote the next one, paid in full. It wasn't. The next one. And what did I do when that paycheck came? I paid my bills. 
I paid some towards that. I paid my tithe, and I paid some towards that credit card bill. And it was like slowly digging a, a hole with a fork. It was like, it's going nowhere. But I was obeying God. I was obeying God. And you know what? I dug that hole, and I was faithful. God knew my heart. He was testing my faith. Will I trust him? Could God have given me a blessing? God could have wrote a check, had a $100,000 check in the mail. That wasn't my debt, by the way. But I ain't that crazy, y'all. But God could have done it. But sometimes God says, but I want you to trust me. I want you to feel and learn from this experience so you never do it again. And I also want you to trust me. Because God's wanted to entrust me, what, in the future with the kingdom. God wanted to entrust me with a call that I didn't see at the time, that I had to learn obedience at the very beginning. And you know how good God is? All of a sudden, I'm a few months in, and somebody calls and says, hey, we have a speaking engagement. Would you like to come speak for us? And they'd give me a love check, you know, love offering. And I'm like, ooh, I wanted to go spend it so bad. And the Lord said, uh-uh, put it to your debt. I didn't, I'm like, I earned this. I deserve it. I've been sacrificing for three months, you know. Nope, put it to your debt. Put it to your debt. Every, and then all of a sudden, what would have taken years took one year. One year to be debt free because God will bless your order. God will bless your discipline. And I know every one of you, if there was the need, if somebody needed to rebuild their house because there was a fire, there's not one person in this room that wouldn't say, I'm going to give to that if you could. We're humans. It's our nature to want to give, right? But the problem is we're so bound up that we're not able to give freely the way God wants us to. Amen? But God has a way. Amen? God has a way and he wants to bless you in your life. And I want to maybe close with this story about Abraham. And Abraham was obviously the father of many nations. And God promised him he'd have a son named Isaac. And he would be the father of many nations. And listen, Abraham believed God and Sarah for years for this miracle. They believed God for decades for this miracle. And it never came to pass. And then finally one day, Sarah conceived and she gave birth to the promised son, Isaac. And imagine how elated Abraham and Sarah, after all these years, got their promise, got their son, got the one that God said would stamp of approval that you are the father of many nations. And God comes and visits Abraham's life. And what does he ask him to do? The Bible says that God tested Abraham and he said, I want you to sacrifice your son to me. I want you to give your son to me, and I want you to trust me. Can you imagine how Abraham must have felt at that moment? Like, wait a minute. I waited all these years for this miracle to happen, and you want me to give him back to you? I don't understand that, God. But Abraham fully knowing God, knowing God is the miracle of provision or the God that will raise the dead if he had to kill his son. He knew God beyond the sacrifice that was being asked of him. Amen. So I want you to look at Genesis 22, verse 8. Abraham, he got his son together. He got his uh, uh, knife together. He got his rope together. And he got prepared. And he began to go up that mountain. And, and Isaac asked him, probably thinking, what are we doing, Dad? We're going on a sacrifice, but where's the sacrifice? Can you imagine? And Abraham not wanting to tell him, well, actually, son, God wants me to kill you. You're the sacrifice, right? Can't even imagine what that would have been like. But look what Abraham said. He wasn't looking at the problem. He wasn't looking at the sacrifice. He wasn't looking at anything. He was looking to God. And Abraham answered his son. He said, God himself will provide the lamb. 
See, whatever lack you have, whatever place God's saying, I want you to give and I want you to trust me as we're sowing into this parking lot blessing in the next week, God is saying, will you look to me and not to your lack? Will you look to me that even though this may be a sacrifice to trust me with what God's asking you to give to him, he said, don't you trust me that I will provide a lamb in the bush? Don't you trust me that even if I have to kill your son, I will raise him back up from the dead? That's the God that we serve, amen? We don't ever have to be afraid of giving to the kingdom of God, especially into good soil, into faith builders where marriages have been restored in this church. Broken marriages put back together. Drug addicts walking through that back door delivered from drugs. You wouldn't even know it if they didn't tell your te their testimony. Alcoholics bound by addiction coming in here set free. This is the power of God that God is moving through our church. And the only way that the enemy can stifle a ministry is to hold back the resources hold back the resources and putting our hands, we literally tie our hands behind our back because we can't do the assignment God's called us to do because of lack. What better way to stop the gospel of Jesus than lack, amen? Can you imagine the whole body working together? I think there's a statistic that says 20% of people hold the church. 20% of people are the, are the givers of the church. Our church statistic is higher than that. It's higher because you understand that we're giving to the kingdom. Every person's lives that has changed and transformed and every miracle is because people have said, I'm here for the purpose of the kingdom of God. And I'm going to give and I'm going to reach out and receive the provision of the Father in my life. And when you catch this revelation and you see God move in your life in a way you've never seen it, it's the most contagious thing. When you get this revelation, God says, when you take care of my house, I will take care of yours. Amen. Taking care of the kingdom. When you trust the house, when you see the fruit of the house, don't throw your money everywhere. Don't throw it to anybody on TV. You don't know. You throw it into the storehouse where you see the fruit and the labor of God happening in the kingdom. Amen. So what, what happened? He goes up there and he uh, goes to kill his son and an angel appears to him and says, do not lay a hand on that boy. I know you fear God. God stopped Abraham in the middle of raising that knife. The angel had to shout, do not touch him. Why? Because Abraham in his heart was going to do whatever God told him to do. There was no hesitation like, where's the blessing at, God? Just real quick, because I'm about to do it right now. Are you sure? You know. No, he had full intent to obey God. And God knew that. He said, ah, you don't have to do that now. I have provided a miracle for you. If you'll look over there, there's a ram in the bush. Abraham, look at verse 13. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram, sacrificed it as the burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the plat place, the Lord will provide. Amen. Abraham was living his life fixed on the will of God. And when you live it fixed on the will of God, God will always have a provision miracle for your life. He said, I know God will provide a lamb. I know the God of miracles in my life. I'm not looking at the sacrifice. I'm looking at the miracle. 
And too many of us, we get fixated on our lack, don't we? I know because I've been there, we get fixated on what we're, we're, we're not having in our life instead of fixing on the one that can provide the provision in our life. Amen? If we pursue his will, his provision will always follow. I want to give this example really quick. Pastor Ginger is going to come on this side of the cute little stage here. I believe I represent Abraham and I'm going to obey God and what God's called me to do. Many of you, you do that already. You obey God and you give and, and you're so faithful to God. And as Abraham is walking up this mountain by faith, not knowing what God's doing on the other side of the mountain, Abraham takes that step, taking his son. She represents the provision. What's happening? He's on the other side of the mountain. He has no idea there's a miracle there. He has no idea there's a replacement for the sacrifice. He's just following God and he's obeying God. God, you're, my, you're the provider. You'll provide a lamb. You'll provide a way of escape. You're the miracle worker. And he's going and doing what God's called him to do. And as he is obeying God, the miracle is finding his way up the mountain with him. But let's go back down. If Abraham gets about right here and he starts to question... He starts to question God. I don't think, why would you ask me to do that, God, really? I mean, there's other people that take care of the church. There's other people with a lot more money than I could give. God doesn't care about the dollar amount. He's ultimately getting the heart. He's, are you all in? Can you trust me all in? Can you trust me? Even if it's just with the obedience to what the Spirit says to give. I'm not even here to tell you what that is. Holy Spirit speaks to us, amen? But as he went up, if Abraham would have questioned everything right here and went back down the mountain... I believe the blessing would have stopped right with him. And this is where Christians go, see, God was never there for me. See, God never showed up. God never gave me the miracle. And God's like, no, I required your step of faith. I required you to trust me. I required you to keep your eyes on me. And when the time comes, the sacrifice, the blessing, the provision will be there in your life. Give it up for Pastor Ginger. Amen. Amen. That's the God that we serve. He's so good. Number two, God miraculously multiplies what he gives. And I'm closing right here. God will multiply what you give in your life. Amen. Sometimes God wants to build our faith. And sometimes he invites us to be a part of that miracle. Amen. And how does he do that? He asks us to give sometimes. When did God's miracle, when did God multiply the widow's oil? When she gave. She started pouring out. When did God multiply the loaves and fish? When the little boy gave it. There would have been no miracle without the boy giving the fish and the loaves. Amen. When did Abraham become the father of many nations when he offered his one and only son? I want you to recognize if there's anything you walk away with this morning, God miraculously multiplies what is given. Whatever seed you sow into this house, and it's not just money, it's you serve here. You, you love on our babies back there. You greet people that walk up in the parking lot. This isn't just about money. This is about everything that we give to God, amen. And God says, what you give, I'm going to multiply it back to you. Have any of you ever come to church in a funk and you served anyway and you walked out happy? Because God blesses back to you when you give to him, amen. God is the God of, of multiplication. 2 Corinthians 9.10, the passion verse. I promise you this is the last scripture because I'm not getting through my notes today. I'll close with this. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer. See how generous God is? He gives you seed to sow, which what? Becomes bread for our meals. 
is even more extravagant towards you. I want you to get excited, amen. God wants to give extravagantly back to you. First, he supplies every need in your life plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. Amen. He multiplies your seed as you sow it. Does that mean the church gets richer? No. It means more marriages are healed. It means more people are saved by Jesus. It means more Bibles can be bought for those who are lost. Amen. It's more water wells in other countries when we want to do that. It's doing stuff for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a great big praise. You can stand to your feet today. I pray that the heart of the Lord was heard today. The heart of the Father was heard today. I know the most uncomfortable topic in church can be resources sometimes. You know, at any thriving company, any thriving company, we're not a company, we're a kingdom. Any thriving company would meet with investors every quarter because they rely on those resources to do their passion. And it's no different from the kingdom. If it's an honest church, it's no different than the kingdom, amen. This is your church. You have poured your heart here. You have planted your children here. You have entrusted faith builders with everything that's valuable to you. And I want you to know that we trust, we, we hold that dear in our hearts. Because you have entrusted us, we take that so seriously. So seriously. We're not frivolous in this church. We're not extravagant except for Jesus. Amen. We just want to do what God's called us to do. So I'm so thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for ones who aren't here today who are partners of our ministry, even just in serving. God doesn't take it lightly. God looks at you with great joy, great love, because you love his house. Amen. And you love his purpose. So let me just close in prayer. Father God, I thank you this morning. I just cover this message with your grace, grace, Father God. Any critical message received, we just release that off their hearts. Anyone here today, let them feel your presence, feel your love, Father God. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you be with everyone. Encourage them today as they're about them day. Give them safety and protection everywhere that they travel, Father God. And we just thank you for their lives. We're careful to give you the praise. And I want to make sure everybody knows Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of all of my sin. I come to you today knowing I'm in need of a Savior. And I receive that free gift today in Jesus' name. With all eyes still bowed this morning, how many of you can be courageous? I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you. But you said that prayer today and you meant it with all of your heart. Maybe for the first time or coming back to Jesus. Just quickly put your hand up and down all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All over this room, people are giving their lives to Jesus. Father, we just thank you now for that touch in their hearts, peace in their hearts, and joy in their spirits. We love you and celebrate you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. Listen, if you said that prayer this morning, take the I, Jesus, I chose Jesus card out of that pocket. Come and meet our altar worker, Ed. We want to give you a free Bible and share a little bit more about your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you. See you all Wednesday night, 7 o'clock p.m. Have a wonderful day.